Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast NFL Show. You're now listening to the Week 16 Recap, Week 17 Preview for the 2022-2023 NFL season. Christmas has come and gone, um, but you're here now. My name's Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Uh, man, just getting excited for uh, potentially the last week of good football prior to playoffs. There's a couple games that'll matter next week, but uh, this is probably going to be our last good week. Um, so I'm hoping we can, you know, make some money here, and then next week's going to be a little more interesting trying to make money, you know, having to having to account for resting players. Yeah, you kind of have to pick a strategy. I think you just have to, like this week is one of those weeks where I look at the slate and I'm like, I could literally see every single favorite winning like I-, I could absolutely see it there's a couple of like weird bogey games where i'm not sure who the favorite is actually going to be because i haven't haven't previewed the lines yet like panthers bucks if we're being honest that's one of those games where the bucks are probably going to be a favorite but they don't really have any business being a favorite they just had to like eke out an overtime field goal win against the cardinals and the but and the panthers are playing really well so you know, there's a couple of really weird games here that I'm not sure, you know, how, what the lines are going to look like, but I, I haven't looked just because I kind of want to be surprised a little bit. Um, but we might as well uh, go into records from last week. I just marked them off sitting here with Jeremy. I was 3-12-1, and one, uh, which is by far the worst week I've had this year. Of course, it comes on Christmas. That's just what happens. The only picks I got right were the Jags, the Niners, and the Chargers. Uh, Vikings pushed for both of us, but Jeremy had a much better week. He was 9-6-1. and one. He uh, hit a couple of really sharp picks there. The Packers, one of those teams, a um, couple over-unders like just just hit for him, which was good too. The under 41.5 and the Bengals, that game, our Bengals-Pats sort of settled right around 40. And then... Um, Chiefs minus 10. I think that was sharp. That's like one of the only times this year that they've covered a double digit spread. So uh, some good picks from Jeremy. Hope you, hopefully you didn't follow me and you, you followed him instead. But we might as well uh, jump into these games. Thursday night football was Jags-Jets. The Jaguars defeat the Jets 19-3 to uh, at MetLife. A really, really good game for the Jags. Lawrence with 229. Uh, Etienne had a nice game. He had 83 yards on 22 carries. Trevor Lawrence also rushed for 51 and, and rushed one in. Um, Evan Ingram had an absolutely massive game. Seven catches, 113 yards. Really nobody else worth talking about uh, for their receiving core. Kirk got wrapped up. Etienne not getting a ton of passing work out of the back. And then Marvin and Zay Jones just absolutely fucking disappeared in this one. Defense played well uh, for the Jags, but to be honest with you, it just comes down to the fact that Zach Wilson and Chris Strebler uh, are truly not going to be able to throw for any sort of large number of yards against pretty much any secondary in the league, and that was certainly the case. 90 and 92 yards for both of those guys, really, really ugly. Chris Strebler did rush for 54 yards, but they weren't able to get any of their running backs fired up in this one. Carter with the majority of the receptions out of the back. He had five receptions, 44 yards, and everybody else was pretty much wrapped up. So I don't know what you thought about this game. It's it's good to see the Jags sort of really gel at this point in the season. I mean, they're seven and eight now. The, the Jets are also seven and eight, but they've got so many losses in their last five games, and it really does look ugly without Mike White under center. 
Yeah, I agree with your analysis. It was less of a win on the Jags side as much as it was just a um, poor performance and a loss on the Jets side. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence didn't have to do too much. Uh, ETN did all right, 80 yards or whatever he had. But it's not like anyone played outstanding, and you could say that it was a really good game. It was just the Jets are that incompetent on the offensive side of the football with Zach Wilson in charge that they really never had a chance. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, okay, let's move on to a game that was, you know, another pretty boring one. Falcons 9, Ravens 17. Falcons had a couple of chances in this one to bring it close, but the Ravens are able to sneak away. They're now 10-5, and five, the Falcons 5-10. and 10. Desmond Ritter, still the guy. Uh, we, As we know, Marcus Mariota quiet quit on this team when they said they were going to sort of bench him and, and let Ritter uh, get a chance here towards the end of the season. So it's still him. Um, last week, he had a really, really rough game. Just sort of, I think, finding the tempo. And this week was was a much better performance, I thought. I think he throws a really, really sharp uh, spiral. I mean, just like really finds London a lot uh, in this game. And I think if he can, if he can just do that, find, keep the tempo and and understand that you need to hit your receivers sharply in the hand so that they're able to to get a little bit of yard after after catch. He's going to be a decent quarterback. I, I really am kind of high on him. I, I watch a lot of Falcons football. I don't think a lot of people would admit to that, but I do. I, I think it's a project that could eventually sort of pan out, and missing pits is, is kind of tough, but Algier has looked, I think, very solid. Um, Patterson, we're going to sort of see him like age out, but... This Falcons team, I, I just don't think is going to be bad for all that long. So Ritter with 218, Algier with 74 yards rushing. Uh, Drake London almost got over 100. He was 96 for, for seven catches. And then we had Algier with 43 yards out of the backfield as well receiving. So a pretty good game uh, for the Falcons offense. Just not a lot of scoring. They did look a little bit more cohesive, but they weren't able to defeat Snoop Huntley. Uh, he had 115 in the touchdown. Gus Edwards had 99 yards rushing. Dobbins had 60. We had Mark Andrews sort of buck his head a little bit. He had 45 on three catches. Watkins uh, had one big catch early for 40 yards as well. And then Demarcus Robinson with a finally a wide receiver touchdown for the Ravens. So I don't know what you took from this one, but the Ravens are definitely not looking as good as they, they will with Lamar. Yeah, we'll see how Lamar plays this week, but um, the team that they've been rolling out these last couple weeks would most certainly be a first-round exit, I'm sure, on most people's boards um, for the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, for the Falcons, um, I do like the young core that they're developing here. Um, If Desmond Ritter can, you know, play good football these last two weeks, give them something to look forward to. Uh, Drake London's obviously going to be the guy. Kyle Pitts hopefully can thrive with Ritter next season. But I like Algier, man. He has run the ball well. Um, he's someone that I've been kind of high on all season, and I wouldn't be surprised if out of all the rookie running backs this year, he has the most success next season just because he didn't get run into the ground early in the year this year like a lot of the other rookies. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to the preview soon, but soon enough. But I did just want to say that it's breaking from Adam Schefter that Josh Dobbs will be starting tonight for the Titans. Tough, tough scene there. Um, okay, let's move on to one of the more high-powered games. Lions 23, Panthers 37. The Panthers absolutely gouged this Lions defense. 
they had like 500 yards rushing in the first half, which is insane. Um, Deontay Foreman, 165 yards. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, 125. Foreman got into the end zone. Darnold got into the end zone. Raheem Blatchier got into the end zone. We had DJ Moore sort of uh, awaken there towards the end. He had five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. Marshall had 55, and LaVisca Chenault had 53. Uh, defense, a little bit banged up for the Panthers now after this one. I believe J.C. Horn has an injury, but Darnold and the Panthers with an impressive uh, performance here. Goff, 355 and three TDs. A lot of that was garbage time, we should say. Nothing going for the rushing uh, side of the ball with, with the Lions. I mean, Jamal Williams had 11. Swift had 12. Really, really bad game for both of them. Uh, Chark with 108 <clears throat> and uh, on four catches. Amon Ra, 76 on seven catches. Khalif Raymond, long ball, 56-yard catch. Uh, and then we had Shane, Shane Zilstra, who only amassed 26 yards on five catches, but got into the end zone three times. So I am truly sorry if you randomly played against Shane Zilstra in a large, you know, 12, 14 team league because you got absolutely pumped if that was the case. So yeah, tough, tough loss for the Lions. I mean, they really needed this one against the Panthers team who isn't fantastic, but also has sort of played spoiler in a couple of different spots this year. I don't know what you thought about this one, but it was it was fun for sure watching the, the Panthers run the ball like that. Yeah, no, this was um, exciting. Uh, I mean, the Panthers kind of had their way with the Lions defense. Um, the Lions defense had been playing surprisingly well the last four or five weeks. Um, they were due for a collapse, so maybe this was that spot. Um, but a good win for the Panthers. It's now gotten to the point where I have to stop rooting against the Panthers. We've already won too many games. Um, so now I'm all in for the miracle playoff run, uh, and that starts this week by beating Tom. Yeah, it's very possible as well. Um, okay, let's move on to the next game. We had Seahawks Chiefs. This one, not the best watch. Geno, 215, a touchdown and a pick. Kenneth Walker, back to his early season form, 107 on 26 carries. Metcalf had 81 yards on seven catches. Kobe Parkinson at 45 on three. Uh, Noah Fant got into the end zone as well. He had a touchdown, 12 yards. Defense played okay, I think, for the uh, Seahawks. Not as good as it was earlier this season, but they held the Chiefs to 24 points, which is it, it's an achievement, honestly, any way you look at it. Mahomes looked pretty mortal in this one, 224 and two TDs. Pacheco was the lead back. He had 58 yards on 14 carries. Uh, Mahomes also rushed one in there at the end, got the outside of the pylon. Really, really nice run there. That was impressive. Um, and then on the receiving side of the ball, Kelsey had 113 on six catches. He had a really nice day. Did a tough time uh, marking him up. He didn't get into the end zone. He hasn't in a while, which is good, but he uh, he gashed them for a couple really big chunk plays late there. <clears throat> McKinnon, another touchdown this week. I think he's got one in the last or he's got like five touchdowns in the last three games, which is nuts for Jarek McKinnon. He had 31 yards receiving in that touchdown. And then Kadarius Toney on an end-around play uh, had a touchdown as well. Defense for the Chiefs played very, very well. Uh, but I do think it's it's more that Geno has just really come back down to, the, to earth, you know? Yeah, it does feel like that, uh, that Geno magic has faded a little bit. Um, kind of disappointing. Um, he, he was a fan favorite here for a while, and still is. Um, people still love him. I mean, 
I'm sure the fans in Seattle have no gripes with them. So, I mean, good for them. They they have overachieved to this point um, by by far, I would say. Um, but, yeah, this is a good, you know, just good momentum win for the Chiefs. Keep it rolling here the last couple of weeks and uh, head into the playoffs strong. Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Next game, we went down to – or no, not down. This game was in fucking Ohio. Uh, Saints-Browns. Saints win 17-10 to against – you know this week's public darling, the Browns. They're now six and nine. The Saints also six and nine. Andy Dalton, ninety-two yards and an interception. What a day! Uh, but Alvin Kamara looked much, much better in this one. Seventy-six yards on twenty carries and a TD. Taysom Hill had fifty-six yards rushing in a TD. We had pretty much nothing going on for the <clears throat> receivers in this one. Rashid Shaheed, forty-one for four. But outside of that, pretty, pretty quiet. Daniel Sorensen had a pick uh, against Deshaun Watson, who had another just really mediocre day. A lot of pass plays honestly called for a game that was like this. I was kind of surprised, but Stefanski seems like he's he's pretty invested in getting Deshaun Watson back up to speed, which I guess I get, but at the same time, he really doesn't look anything like he used to. He had 135 and a pick. Nick Chubb had 92 yards rushing on 24 carries. Wasn't able to get into the end zone. Watson did rush one in. He had 24 yards on three carries. Um, and then for the <clears throat> Browns, Amari Cooper had a pretty good game. 72 yards on six catches. Probably could have had a couple more as well. But, you know, not not awful. I mean, the Browns do stink. The, the Saints are one of those teams that are just always perennial bogey down the stretch or gonna fuck you up um and not even play that well of a game or that good of a game and that's exactly what happened here yeah um i mean this was in my opinion uh deshaun's best performance he did have two drop touchdowns and joku and then i want to say amari cooper was the other one um but i mean still not looking like you know watson of the past and the weather wasn't great um that was you know the minus 20 game or whatever they said it was. But that was just an overall boring football game. Not a lot of points, not a lot of big plays. Um, and, I mean, both these teams are not exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the truth. I mean, they, they honestly stink. They're, they're just not very good. Uh, okay, Pengal, or Bengals-Patriots. Bengals now 11-4. They haven't lost the game in what feels like three months. Pats 7-8. and eight. 22 to 18 victory for the Bengals. A really, really good first half. Like 22 points in the first half and then nothing in the second. But still a good win. The Pats late rally. Uh, crazy touchdown by Jacoby Myers there at the end. The ball just got like knocked around and uh, he, he ran one in. 83 yards and a touchdown for Myers. Kendrick Bourne, 100 yards and a touchdown. Nothing really going uh, on the rushing side for the Pats. Ramondre Stevenson with a, uh extremely costly fumble down the stretch for the Pats when they were, uh, I think they were in the red zone, honestly, and they just weren't able to, to close the game out. But defense for the Pats played well. Second half, Marcus Jones has continued to be one of those players that I think is mega, mega dynamic. Um, and then for Mac Jones, 240 and two TDs. For Burrow, a uh, bit of a return to last year's Burrow, 375 and three TDs. He did throw two picks. He's got a lot of picks this year, but uh, when, you're, when you're able to actually score, 
Uh, it, it doesn't matter, you know, that you're going to throw two picks or a pick every game. It just it just doesn't matter because more than more often than not, you're going to find one of these insane receivers. And <clears throat> they definitely did that in this one. Mixon, 65 yards on 16 carries. He's looking pretty mediocre these days, I think. Uh, on the receiving end, T. Higgins, 128 and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, 79. Uh, Trenton Irwin with 45 yards receiving and two TDs as well. So a good game for the Bengals. They're definitely a mortal team. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that statement, but I'm I'm still not like I'm not worried about them. I'm just not. Yeah, no, I I share that sentiment. I think they're a good football team, but they're not. It just doesn't seem like they're that caliber um that the Chiefs or like the Bills went healthy or even like the Eagles have been playing at this season it just seems like they're just below that I don't know what the missing piece is it's just I don't know just to the naked eye it doesn't feel like they're on that same level um but a good win for them uh that loss I don't know what that does for the Patriots in terms of playoffs I mean if they went out they might be able to get in not 100% sure there but uh that's a team I definitely wouldn't be too afraid of in the playoffs either yeah no question about it uh, okay, Giants-Vikings, another late winner for the Vikings, for, well, for Bailey and the Vikings, really. I mean, he's he's the, uh, or Joseph, sorry, he's the champion in this one. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 299 and three TDs. Dalvin, 64 yards rushing. Jefferson, another nuclear game, 133 and a touchdown. Hawkinson had 109 and two touchdowns. Just uh, this Vikings offense is it is fun to watch, and I mean I I don't like Kirk. I'm not a Kirk guy, but he's been able to just let the chains off so much because he has a guy like Jefferson that's going to catch the ball probably even if it's not a very good pass, and that's just how it's been all season. I mean Jefferson shattered the uh, single season franchise receiving record. He 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 past Randy Moss, which is uh, a, a mighty steep achievement for sure. So a great, great game for the Vikings offense. Their defense still looks suspect, but, um, you know, they let Daniel Jones throw for, for over 300 yards. He had 334 and a touchdown. He threw a pick as well, but Barkley, good game, 84 yards and a touchdown. Richie James had 90 yards receiving. Isaiah Hodgins scored again this week, 89 on eight catches and a touchdown. Then Darius Slayton at 79 yards, receiving on top of the 49 that Barkley registered from uh, out back. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Giants looked decent, for sure. It's it's unfortunate that this is how they lost, but um, I don't know. I don't know what you felt about this game. I, I Vikings are another team, just like the Bengals, that I, I'm truly not worried about. Yeah, I do think the Vikings' offense will keep them in a lot of football games. Um, but I am unsure of, uh, how they'll battle back in a game. Like, obviously they came back against the Colts, but like in a game against a good team where Kirk doesn't seem to have it, um, I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, if, if that ever does occur, um, down this, you know, stretch here and into playoffs. But I mean, their offense has looked solid. I mean, Jay Jeff, Hawkinson's been eaten. Even KJ Osborne's been getting involved lately. Not as much this week, but, uh, the two weeks prior he was doing well. So, I mean, their offense is dangerous heading into playoffs, but um, I just want to see, it'll be interesting to see with some adversity because, as we know, their defense isn't spectacular. Yeah. Um, Okay, next game. We had, I lost it. Oh, yeah. Bills-Bears. 
Bears with an impressive first half. They led. They went into the tunnels 10-6 up on the Bills, but the Bills rally, scored two TDs in the third and fourth quarter, uh, and just absolutely battered them in the second half. 35-13 final score. Allen, 172, two TDs, two picks. Singletary and James Cook, just total monsters uh, in this one. 106 on 12 carries for Singletary, which is amazing, and the score. And then James Cook, 99 on 11, another really good line. Average of 9 yards per carry and a score. And then Josh Josh Allen with 41 yards on 6 carries and a score. Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox both found the end zone as well. Uh, Not a ton of yards for either of those guys, but the scores were plenty uh, to save their day. Defense played well, I think, for the Bears in the second half, but... Um, it more comes down to the fact that Justin Fields just couldn't get it going in the second half. They went back to the play calling they were doing at the beginning of the year. If you look at the stats right now, you see that Justin Fields had only 11 yards rushing in this game. And then you look at the score line and you see what the correlation is. If they don't let Fields run the ball and they don't play with that style of offense that they've been playing with for the past five weeks, uh, they're not going to win games. It's just... How it is, I mean, the Eagles, it's the same way. Like, you lose so much dynam, I guess dynamicism, that's the word, uh, to your offensive front when you're not using the legs of your quarterback. And the, the Bills do it really well. The Eagles do it really well. The Bears were doing it really well in winning games. And then when they stop, this is what happens. So 119 in the score. Uh, Montgomery had 62 yards rushing, but the receiving, it's not even worth talking about because outside of the score that Dante Pettis had uh, in the first half, just nothing happened. So good good defensive uh, performance from the Bills in the first half, or from the, the Bears in the first half, but just, I don't know. Everybody kind of sold out in the second half. Yeah, I mean, the Bills' run game carrying them to a win uh, wasn't necessarily something I had expected. Um, the weather was bad, but I mean, Josh or uh, Devin Singletary and, and Cook going for 200 yards combined um, is good for the Bills heading into the playoffs if they can get the ball moving via the run game. I do need to see Stefan um, get a little more active down the stretch here. These last couple of weeks, he has not been the guy. And come playoff time, you need him to be the guy. Um, whereas, you know, like for the Vikings, Jay Jeff being that guy gives them a chance. So that's something I think they need to work on down the stretch here. But uh, this was uh, never really in doubt after the third quarter once the Bills took the lead. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, Texans-Titans up next on the docket. I know this one hurt us both deeply. Texans 19, Titans 14. For Davis-Mills, 178 a touchdown, an interception. Jeff Drosko had a couple of snaps. He had he was three for four with forty yards, which is decent. But um, on the rushing side, Royce Freeman was the number one. There they are without um, what's his name, Damian Pierce, um, and they just weren't able to get really anything going. But Philip Dorsett, a couple of big catches, forty five yards on three catches. Uh, Aikens 39 on three, and then we had Brandon Cooks 34 on four with a score as well. He had that second touchdown called back, which was unfortunate, but he still had a pretty decent day. Malik Willis, 99 yards, zero TDs, two interceptions. Henry had 126 and a score, and Malik Willis had 43 rushing and a score, and then nothing going on the receiving side of the ball either, so... Yeah, man. I mean, the Titans, I know they're banged up. They're like the most hurt team in the NFL, but 
I don't like. I don't really know if it matters because if you have Malik Willis there, I like. I don't even know if you're at full health that it matters because Willis is really bad, really bad. Desmond Ritter looks better in two weeks uh, than Malik Willis, and he started like I think he started like five games this year already. So, yeah, I don't know. Really bad for the Titans heading into the playoffs if they even make it. Yeah, um, I think they're probably going to lose the division to um, yeah. the, the Jags. Jags. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that they kind of already seem to have given up on Malik Willis based on the news that Josh Dobbs is starting <laughs> yeah. today. Because um, Malik Willis doesn't carry an injury designation, so that's interesting. Uh, but they're in a tough spot, for sure. Um, yeah, they won. Or did they even end up winning? Oh, not even... Yeah, they won. Yeah. Um, but they're still not a great football team. And I think down down the stretch, if they even get to the playoffs, they're not going to give anyone any trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, next game. That was the worst game of the week, by the way. It was so painful to watch. Uh, Commanders-Niners. This was a fun one. Heineke uh, with 166, two TDs and an interception. Wentz with 123 and a touchdown. Looks like maybe the Heineke experiment uh, is... Coming to an end, I like. I don't. I don't know why, but it kind of does seem that way. Uh, Brian Robinson, fifty-eight on twenty-two carries. McLaurin, seventy-seven in a score. Dotson, seventy-six in a score. Curtis Samuel, fifty-two in a score. So all of their wide receivers uh, had a pretty good game here. For the Niners, Brock Purdy, two thirty-four, two TDs and an interception. Ray Ray McLeod with an early rush, one carry for 71 yards and a score. McCaffrey had 46 on 15 in the score. And then we had Kittle, who erupted again this week, 120 on six catches, two scores. Ayuk 81 on five. Uh, and then the defense for the um, Niners, of course, again, just with a really, really good week, stopping a kind of dynamic commander's offense. They, they really could do some damage to to a team that's not expecting them. We saw this happen to the Eagles when they played the Commanders, but the Niners' defense is just so well-versed, and and they're always so well-game-planned for pretty much every team they play. I don't really think anybody um, was shocked by the result here, but 37-20 for the Niners is is definitely shellacking. Yeah, um, another well-rounded football game from the Niners. Um, George Kittle finally seems to have found a quarterback that will use him uh, and utilize his talents the way that they should, um, especially without Debo. I mean, he's clearly their best weapon. And I think even with Debo on the field, when healthy Kittle is probably the best weapon on that team um, from a pass-catching perspective. But, I mean, they look good. Um, and as for the Commanders, I don't like the move to Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, Heineke's kind of the reason you're here, the reason you're in this spot, and then to just revert back to, you know, what is expected, which is, you know, Carson wants the guy you gave the money to to be the starter, even though he didn't perform like it, to just let him go out there. I didn't really like that move, but uh, we'll see how that fares for uh, Riverboat Ron down the stretch here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, let's move on to the next game. We had Eagles-Cowboys. What a game this was. Such a great watch on uh, Christmas Eve. Really, really entertaining. The Eagles now thirteen and two. The Cowboys eleven and four. Eagles fall thirty four to forty. I thought they might be able to do it. They cover the plus six, but 
or well, no, it's a push, but they they were not able to win this game. For Gardner Minshew and the Birds, uh, three fifty five, two TDs, two interceptions. Miles Sanders, sixty five yards on twenty one carries. Uh, Minshew rushed one in. We had Devontae Smith, who went nuclear, uh, one thirteen on eight catches and two scores. AJ Brown went over hundred as well. He had one hundred three on six catches. Defense did not play well uh, outside of the pick six for Josh Sweat. But the Cowboys, we have to say this was this was better. It was definitely better. Not as many picks for Dak, only one pick. He threw three TDs, and he was uh, <clears throat> 27 for 35 for 347 yards. Zeke had 55 yards and a score. Um, C.D. Lamb had 120 on 10 catches and two scores. Pollard had 61 out of the back. T.Y. Hilton had a big catch, one uh, catch for 52 yards. Schultz had 43, and then Michael Gallup had 36 uh, and a score as well. Darren Bland, Jaron Curse both had picks in this one. There was a fumble as well um, from Sanders. He got that ball punched out. But yeah, really, really good victory for the Cowboys here. They definitely needed it. Uh, but it, I like watching Gardner Minshew, man. I think he's a really good quarterback. And I don't really think that the Eagles offense missed a beat. The two picks are whatever, you know what I mean? He's he's a backup, and this Cowboys defense has ball hawks. So what are you going to do? I don't really think we can blame him for it. Yeah, no. Um, I This confirmed my thoughts that um, Hurts is the system quarterback. Clearly, yeah. he obviously has looked very good this year. Nothing to take away from there. He's done his job. They've won, obviously, a lot of football games. Um, but it's pretty clear to me at least that he's a product of the system you can say they lost yes but they scored more points and less possessions than when they played the Cowboys last time when they were playing the Cowboys with their backup and Gardner Minshew threw for 355 yards I mean it's not like he went out there and dinked and dumped his way to 160 yards and kept him in the game he threw for 355 yards um fun fact Jalen Hurts career high is only 380 so Minshew was there after playing one game pretty much um but Good. This was a good football game. Um, this was exciting to watch on both sides. Um, it was really interesting to you know see these two teams that may duke it out in the playoffs. So I'm looking forward to hopefully a third rematch between them yeah. uh, in the playoffs, and I think that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then from that game, which was just completely electric football, we went to just some of the ugliest shit that you've ever seen. Raiders 10, Steelers 13. The Pittsburgh Steelers are currently carrying a better record than the Las Vegas Raiders. Steelers now 7-8, and eight, Raiders 6-9. and nine. Derek Carr, 174, a touchdown, and three picks. Josh Jacobs had 44 yards rushing. Waller was your lead receiver here, 58 on four catches. Renfro had the first TD of the game, 42 yards on four catches and a score. But a really, really bad day for Derek Carr. Um, Pickett had a much better game than than Carr. 244, a score uh, and an interception. Najee Harris, 53 yards. Pat Fryman, 66 yards on seven catches. George Pickens had 57 on one. And then Deontay Johnson lit it up pretty uh, well uh, early there. He had 64 yards on five catches, but... The defense is really what it comes down to. Minka had a pick, Cam Sutton had a pick, and Arthur Mollett had a pick as well. Really, really bad day for the Raiders. They just absolutely threw this game away at the end, and the Steelers win essentially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Derek Carr belongs in prison. Yeah. I mean, that's just what he did was 
disgusting. Disgusting. So, yeah, they suck. Jared Stidham's now in charge. Derek Carr left the team for the last two weeks. He feels like he left the team in week one. Yeah, it does. Um, oh, I don't know, man. Both those teams suck. The fact that the Steelers have seven wins is beyond impressive to me because I think they are terrible. But um, here they are winning another football game, so good for them. Yeah, good for them is right. All right, let's move on to Packers-Dolphins. Packers 26, Dolphins 20. Uh, Packers now 7-8, and eight, Dolphins 8-7. Eight and seven. Looks like maybe we're going to see Rodgers run the table now. Uh, he had 238, a touchdown and a pick. A.J. Dillon had 36 and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, 61 yards on five catches. Watson, 49 on six. Dubs, 36 on three. And then we had Mercedes Lewis, who is the ultimate uh, bullshit touchdown score, 32 on two catches and a score. Uh, Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and Devondre Campbell all had picks in this one. Of course, thrown by Tua Tagovailoa, 310. A touchdown and those three picks. Moster, 45. Um, Wilson had 37 in a score. Waddle had a great game, 143 in a score. And then Hill went over 100 as well, 103 on four. Um, Cater Kohu had a pick for the Dolphins. But, man, they just, they, they totally shit the bed in the second half. No points. Tua looked like... I don't know, like like early, like rookie Tua, just really, really bad. Um, it was missing all of his targets, overthrowing, underthrowing, couldn't dump the ball off, and we should say he was concussed, apparently, for the <laughs> entire second half, but I don't know, man. I, I'm just not, I'm still not sold on the Dolphins, and this is what happens. A couple weeks ago, I was like, eh, maybe the Dolphins are good, and now <laughs> I have to turn around again. They're just, I don't know. I don't think two is the guy. Yeah, I'm more sold on the team on the other side of the football. Me too. Point. Um, I said that if there was someone that was going to ruin the Dolphins' hopes and dreams down the stretch here, it was going to be Aaron this week, and it was. And I think they look a lot sharper than the Dolphins, especially with the uncertainty around Tua's future, not only for this season, but, I mean, really in the NFL in general, if you were to ask me. Yeah. That's true. Um, and I was like, so my dad is not a football guy. He he doesn't watch it. He doesn't really watch sports. He's he's a surfer. That's what he does. Um, and he's, he's watching Tua, and he's like, where'd this kid come from? And I said, Alabama. And he goes, "What what's wrong with him? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean what's wrong with him? He said, what's wrong with his release? And I, I had to tell him, I was like, that I, you know, I know you don't watch a lot of football, but you're right. There is like there's something wrong with him. He almost died earlier this season is one, and he does have a really funny release. It's just it looks soft over the top. He he misses a lot of receivers and it truly does just come down to the fact that when you have guys that are as dynamic and fast as Waddle and Hill, Every once in a while, like you're gonna hit them, and they're gonna break off a crazy yard after catch play. That's just what's gonna happen, and that's happened all season at a pretty alarming rate. And now, when it it comes time to really find and and find your receiver and just hit it, they can get tackled. You move the chains. It's not happening, and they needed to do that in the second half here. They didn't do it, and it does just come down to Tua. 
Um, so I don't know. We're going to have to see how all that pans out. Um, did you watch this game? The next one. Um, what's the next one? Bron- on our Broncos Rams. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, as sad as that sounds. It was the most insane shit I've ever seen. I don't yeah. think the Rams have scored. I, like, I don't even think they've scored 40 points this year. They dropped an absolute nuke on the Broncos. 51 to 14 final score. Baker masterclass, 230 and two TDs. Cam Akers went fucking nuts. He had 118 and three scores. Um, Higby had 94 and two. Hopkins, Bryson Hopkins had 57 yards on three catches. Like, this was just an absolute destruction. Kobe Durant had two picks. Bobby Wagner had a pick. Ramsey had a pick. Um, Taylor, uh, Lorel Murchison, two sacks. Michael Hecht and Leonard Floyd both had a sack. They just completely mangled uh, the Broncos here. Russ, 214, a touchdown and three picks. Ripey in 45 yards and a pick. Latavius Murray had 34 yards rushing. Judy had 117 and six catches. Somehow he was able to amass 117 yards, so a good day for him. Sutton had 64 yards. Dulcich had 39 uh, and a TD, but... Then fucking Broncos stink. They're four and eleven. Hackett's gone. I would imagine at this point they're gonna have to do something with Russ because I just I don't see unless they get a brand new coach uh, who's a complete quarterback whisper uh, whisperer how they fix him. Fourteen to fifty one is embarrassing to the Rams at this point this season. Yeah, I mean that's like three weeks worth of points of- for them. That's just, yeah, I don't, I mean, it, it was blowing my mind what I was watching. I mean, Cam Akers, 120 yards and three touchdowns, like, that's unbelievable. And not what I expected. The only good thing about that game was that I was watching it on Nickelodeon. And, yeah. and, and the snow and the Patrick Starr play-by-play. That was really the only enjoyment I got out of that game. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. We've only got two more games now. Uh, both were terrible. Bucks 19, Cardinals 16. Uh, Brady, 281 in the score, threw two picks as well. Fournette looked great. He had 72 yards rushing on 20 carries. Uh, Leonard Fournette also had 90 yards receiving on nine catches. Russell Gage, 65-5. and five. Chris Godwin, 63-8. Mike Evans continues to be a shell of himself. 29 yards on three catches. Rashad White had a 17 uh, yard day out of the backfield with four catches and a score as well. So a lot of field goals here. That's pretty much all this game was. Trace McSorley, 217, no touchdowns and interception. James Conner had 79 yards rushing and a score. Greg Dortch had 98 yards receiving on 10 catches. Marquise Brown, 57 on three. Hopkins did nothing in this one. He had four yards. Uh, Really, really bad day for him. Defense played okay, honestly, for the Cardinals. Marco Wilson had two picks, but, you know, just just not a scoring team at this point in the season. They're they're missing Kyler. Uh, Hopkins got locked up, and I don't really think anybody was expecting a ton from them. I think they still covered. They were like three-and-a-half-point dogs maybe. Um, So, I don't know. Like, this game was just so boring to me. Yeah, not a great football game. Um, It was kind of just 
the running back fest for the Bucks. Um, all Tom Brady did was throw screen passes, and then when he wasn't throwing screen passes, they were just running the ball. It was overall a fairly boring game to watch, um, and Trace McSorley was not good. I mean, I don't think the Bucks are very good either, so I don't have a ton to say on either of these teams. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we have one more game. It was pretty ugly, dude. Chargers 20, Colts 3. Herbert 235 and a pick. Eckler had 67 yards and two scores. Keenan Allen went over 100. He had 104 on 11. Williams had 76 on four. Uh, defense played well for the uh, Chargers for sure. Michael Davis had a pick. Derwin James had a pick. Asante Samuel had a pick. Uh, Derwin James was ejected out of the game because he absolutely murdered somebody. That was the hardest hit I've seen in a long, long time. You could feel that shit in your chest. I don't, still don't know how I feel. Like sometimes when you see a hit, you're like, oh yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh, that guy's dead. Um, this was more of the first one because he did hit his, his shoulder pad first. He, that guy probably has a concussion. I don't even remember who it was, but that was a crunching hit for the Colts. Nick Foles, 143 and three picks. Zach Moss had 65 yards rushing. Jelani Woods had 43 yards receiving. Pittman had 39. Pierce had 26, but really quiet day overall. Rodney Thomas had a pick early uh, when the Colts and the Chargers were, were trading picks. There was like three picks on three drives, but a really ugly game. A good win for the Chargers. I mean, they're 9-6. and six. They've played a really good second half of the season, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't really move the needle all that much. The Colts are a really bad team. Yeah, the Nick Foles experience did not go as planned. The whole move the ball with deep balls down the field was something new for the Colts, and it clearly didn't work out in their favor at all. Uh, this game kind of went as to be expected, um, pretty slow on the Colts side, and then the Chargers just kind of walking their way to a win. Uh, Keenan Allen's playing really well. Um, for a minute there, it looked like he was going to go for the all-time uh, targets record. Yeah. Um, having like He had like, 12 or something at halftime. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was good to watch. If you're a Chargers fan, if you're a Colts fan, you already gave up months ago. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, and it's not looking like Foles is, is going to be your guy either. So really tough look there, but what are you going to do? Uh, okay, let's move on to picks for Week 17, starting off with the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. The Cowboys currently a 13.5-point favorite against the Titans. So two touchdown favorite over under set at 40 and a half. Uh, I'll let you go first. How do you feel about this one? Cause Pollard's out. Yeah. Um, my play is going to be the Cowboys minus six and a half with a Zeke touchdown. I'm currently placing it as we speak. Um, minus one Oh eight is the odds for a Zeke touchdown. Zeke touchdown and Cowboys minus six and a half. Okay. Um, I am going to just take a Zeke touchdown. The odds are going to be shit, but there's no doubt that he's going to score this week. Um, Minus 75, so actually not terrible. It's actually not as bad as I would have expected. I thought it would be almost minus 200. So that's fine. We'll take it. Um, Okay, then we have Carolina versus Tampa Bay up next. Tampa Bay is currently a three-point favorite against the Panthers. Um, 
Bucks minus 176 on the money line. Panthers plus 148. Over under set at 40 and a half. I will take Panthers money line. I do think that somehow or another the Panthers will win this game. If they keep it going and run it like they did last week, I don't think they're going to have any issues against the Bucks team that just cannot score. Yeah, I mean, they ran the football all over the Bucks uh, the first time they played, um, and then we had the best running performance ever last week. Um, so, I mean, I do think the Panthers won this football game, but for the sake of the NFL storyline and for the sake of my mental health, I'm going to go with the Bucks minus three and then just hope the Panthers win. Fair enough. Any- uh, okay, up next, Browns. Commanders. Browns currently a one and a half point dog against Washington at FedEx. Overrunner set at 40 and a half. Money's pretty even. Um, how do you feel here? I know I already know where I'm at on this one. I am going to go. I don't think you're gonna be on the side. I'm gonna go with the Browns money line. I think the move to Carson Wentz is not going to pay dividends, and I think it's gonna make uh the commanders look stupid here in a week. Okay, um, I am going to go with the Browns as well because Wentz is playing, from what I know. So I don't, I'm, I just can't deal with him. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go with the Browns. You have Browns as well. Yes, sir. All right, Browns money line for both of us. Uh, and then we have the Saints going up against the Eagles. The Eagles currently a five and a half point. Favorite against New Orleans in Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles minus 260 on the money line. Oof, over under set at 42.5. I'm going to do what I shouldn't do. I know that the Eagles are going to be without Lane Johnson and just take Eagles minus 5.5. That is my favorite spot in football, as you guys know. And I just think that they win this game by touchdown. I agree. I think this line feels a little low. Yeah, it's trappy. Like, I don't know. It feels, I don't know. If you were to ask me, I'd say the Eagles should be eight and a half, nine and a half point favorites. And so for that reason, I'm going to walk right in the trap with you. I'm going to take the Eagles minus five and a half. Beautiful. Um, Cards, Falks up next. Cardinals currently a three-point dog against Atlanta in Atlanta. Uh, over under set at 42 and a half. I think I think I'm gonna go with the Falcons. They've yeah. been playing better football than the Cardinals lately, in my opinion. And yeah, I think I'm just gonna go with Falcons money line. Um it's minus one seventy five, which isn't great. Um so if you are looking for a little value, I'd go minus three, but just for the sake of the pod picks, I'm going Falcons money line. Yeah, I I'm going to go with Falcons money line as well. Don't they have a tough, really tough time covering base spreads these days. So if you're going to, you know, if you're going to take the Falcons, you think they're going to win the game, just take the money line because I can totally see this being tight. I actually think the under is a good play as well. I don't see there being a lot of scoring here. And Algier rushing yards has been like a totally free pick. So if you guys are, you, you could probably craft up a little something and, and get those odds a little bit higher. If you want to take the Falcons and maybe Algier or touchdown scorer, uh, Drake London's kind of do, you know, stuff like that. So uh, keep your eye on that. We're both on Falcons money line. Up next, Jags Texans. Jags currently 
four-point favorites against the Texans. They're minus 198 on the money line. Over-under set at 43.5. Tough one. Uh, Not going to overthink it. I'll go with Jacks minus four. I just think... uh, even if they bench uh, Lawrence because it looks like they're kind of wrapped up, and it does kind of pend on tonight's game, uh, the Jags are just a much better team, and they're so much better than the Titans who lost to them last week, and I don't see the Texans getting two wins in a row. Just just can't see it. I agree. I do question the Jags' motivation this game because Week 18 is win or go home regardless of what this week looks like. Oh, that's true. Um. So I am interested to see what the motivation level is there, but I do still think they should win the football game. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go Jags minus four. This is just a tough game to bet on, just due to the whole lack of clarity and what they're gonna do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, Bears Lions up next. Bears currently a six point favorite at Ford Field. Over under set at fifty two and a half. Tough one there. I think what I'm going to do is just go with the over. Um, I think Justin Fields tries to get back after last week. And the Bears defense has been really, really susceptible to points. So I'm going to take the over. Okay. Um, over 52 and a half. You're, you're looking for a shootout. Uh, I'm going to take Lions minus six, which is square for sure. But I think they're due for a bounce back. Uh, up next, we have Dolphins-Pats. Dolphins currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Patriots. Um, Patriots minus 148 on the money line. Over-under set at 41-and-a-half. I will be taking Pats money line in this one. I just personally cannot see them doing the, the Dolphins doing anything without Tua. Uh, there, it's going to be maybe Teddy. I don't know. Maybe Teddy will be better, honestly, but... I just think this Pats defense is going to be ready, uh, and I think they actually get a win here, strangely enough. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I do think this is a game that looks like one they should win. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the under here just because I don't see the Pats putting up a lot of points, and I do see the Pats winning. So I think that equates to a low-scoring football game here. Under 41.5 total. Lovely. Uh, Broncos up against the Chiefs. The Chiefs currently a 12.5-point favorite. Over under set at forty four and a half. Um, hmm. I kind of love the Broncos. Really? Yeah, I kind of do. I'm not gonna pick them, but I kind of feel like this is a spot because they don't have what's his name anymore. Hackett. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the over. Okay. Getting into some totals here. These last couple picks, I think I'm going over forty four and a half. That seems like a good spot to me. Um, I think they, like you said, they open up their offense a little bit without Hackett, and obviously, you know, the Chiefs are going to put up some points. So, okay, I think that's fair. I think that's definitely a fair pick. Um, I'm gonna go with a McKinnon TD. I guess this will be the week that he doesn't score because I've I've missed out on the last four weeks, and I just like for no reason. But I am gonna go with a McKinnon TD. I think he scores in this game. I think the Broncos just. I don't know. They could stay in the game, but I don't, I'm not confident enough to, to take that as a pick. Uh, okay, Giants-Colts up next. Giants currently 5.5-point favorites against Indy. Uh, Over-under set at 38.5. Games at MetLife. My pick, I'll go with the Giants uh, minus 5.5. I think they win by touchdown. 
Yeah, sorry, my Fandle decided it needed to refresh, so I That's lost okay. the here for a sec. Giants. Colts, five and a half. I'm not going to overthink it. Giants, minus five and a half. Yeah, I just think that's the best way to go about picking the Colts right now. They are just not a good team. Uh, Jet Seahawks up next. Uh, Seahawks currently one and a half point dog against New York in Seattle. Uh, Over-under set at 41 and a half. You, good Lord. Good luck with this one. <laughs> yeah, this one. Oh, man. Mike White's back? It's allegedly, yeah. Give me the over. Over 41 and a half. Yeah. If Mike White's back, I think the Jets put up 20-plus points, and I do think the Seahawks make it competitive, I'd, so I'm going to go with the over. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mike White passing touchdowns. Um, There's no line on it yet like i don't it'll be at one and a half i would imagine i think he throws two tds in this game so i'm gonna go with that their run has been so so bad uh the past four weeks and i just don't i think again they're gonna have a tough time establishing it i know they're playing against woolen uh and a pretty decent secondary there for the the seahawks but i do think he finds the receivers they seem to work a little bit better they they run sharper routes when he's in so I'll take Mike White passing TDs, which I know is nuts, but um, what are you going to do? Okay, I am up next. Bills-Bengals, game of the year. Bengals, or Bills, one and a half point favorites against Cincy in Cincy. Over-under set at 49 and a half. This is the mortgage max play of the week. Bills minus one and a half. No questions asked. Not even sweating it. I already know the Bills are going to win by touchdown. The Bills, you skipped. Oh, I did. Four. I did. I skipped a game. You you skipped four games. Did I? You, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Vandal did the same thing that it did to you. All right. Forget that I, we were talking about the Bills. Niners, yeah. Raiders up next. Niners currently nine and a half point favorites against Las Vegas. Over under set. At 41 and a half. It's my pick. Um, I'll take Niners nine and a half. I think they win this game by probably two touchdowns. I don't care what's going on in Las Vegas. It's Stidham. He stinks. Uh, Coach coach stinks. I'll I'll go with the Niners. Yeah, similar to the Bills. I think this is a max mortgage play of the week. I mean, Jared Stidham, dude. Yeah. No, he's not. Dude, he might put up 10 points if he's lucky, which sucks for me to say because I have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. But it is what it is. So, yeah, Niners, minus nine and a half. Give it to me. They should easily get this one. Uh, Vikings-Packers up next. Green Bay currently three-point favorite against Minnesota in Green Bay. Over-under set at 48 and a half. I know exactly what your pick is. (laughs) <laughs> oh man the, see this is weird though because in no the the Packers shouldn't be favorites but they know the Packers are going to win because it's good for the NFL storyline and they're going to go to the playoffs and then Aaron Rodgers is going to be back and it's going to be all that so I'm taking the Packers minus three yep. Kirk's going to fold 
Yeah, uh, this is this has been like my one agenda for the years. That Kirk is still not good in prime time. It's like the only one left standing. Everything else has been absolutely nuked and wiped out. Um, I'm with you, man. I think Packers minus three. I think they they win this game. I, we could get a push for sure. They can win by three points, but um, it's a four. Thir- it's four thirty on a Sunday, man. Kirk doesn't show up to those games, so I'll take Packers minus three for sure. Uh, next game, Rams Chargers. Chargers currently six and a half point favorites. Over under set at forty two and a half. Money split. I'm taking the Chargers to cover. I think they win by touchdown. So uh, give me the Bolts minus six and a half. Yeah, I agree. Don't let last week fool you. Nope. Um, the Rams are not that team. So yeah, I'm in. Give me give me the Chargers minus six and a half. This is uh, this is a good momentum spot for them. Absolutely. Uh, Steelers Ravens up next. Ravens currently a two and a half point favorite. They're minus one forty two on the money line. Over under set at thirty five and a half. Uh, your pick. God, I love this game. Yeah, give me. I have so many favorites. I yeah, I know. So do I. But I'm taking it anyways. Give me the Ravens minus two and a half. Okay. Uh, you can give me the. Ravens money line and the over uh, 35 and a half. I love it. I know that the game is in Baltimore. I know it's not going to be mega warm. Uh, I'm not really concerned about that, to be honest with you. And I I think this is a, a an all-out slaughter now that Lamar's back. Okay, and then our last game of the week. Now we'll pretend I didn't already tell you guys this, but the Bills are an absolute nuke. Max mortgage, one and a half play. Uh, they're going to completely slaughter the Bengals here. The money is on the Bengals spread. I don't, I don't know why people are buying in. I'm not buying in. Uh, I'm still not happy with Allen. I think he has regressed a little bit this year, but this Bills team is still ready. They're they're going to be ready to make the, the the run into the Super Bowl. I know they want it. I know the city of Buffalo is behind them. They're going to travel to this game, and I'm taking Bills minus one and a half. No questions asked. I agree. Um, I'm not. I'm not taking the Bengals. That's for sure. So yeah, give me the Bills, um, and I'd like to see them win there. So yeah, we'll absolutely. Is this really is like the game of the year? It should be a really, really good game, um, and I'm, I'm mega excited for it. We're, we're finally going to get a primetime game that doesn't disappoint us knock on wood um and I'm, I'm mega excited for it so that's everything uh thank you guys for listening we hope you had a very merry christmas a nice holiday uh only a couple days now from from new year so make sure you guys get uh or have a nice new year and uh we'll see you next week take care thanks for listening and you can find us on social media you know where so check us out we'll see you later Bye bye